Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about having fun with thoughts about aging and your aging body with Dr. Heather Bartos. This episode features another interview with somebody who is amazing, and she's also got amazing information to share with women in the middle. Now, my guest today is an actual OBGYN, so we'll be talking about a variety of interesting topics related to your mind, your vagina, and more. Oh, my. (laughs) So we're having some fun today. And yes, we're diving deep into your privates, so to speak, but also your mind, because when it comes to aging and your body and mind, there's a lot going on. Also, it is her second guest appearance. And because she's so great, I asked her to come back. She was on episode 106, Demystifying Midlife Women's Personal Parts as well, so you'll have to catch up on that episode, and I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes. Now, a little reminder that the information shared in this podcast is intended for your convenience, entertainment, and education, and isn't geared to your personal situation. It's not a replacement for care or advice from your own medical professional, so as always, you may have some things you want to follow up on, So please seek a suitable professional to advise you on your personal situation. One more thing, I want to make sure that you know that this episode has an explicit rating. You might laugh, you might squirm, and it's all good, but you also might not want to listen to this episode on a family road trip or with other people around. I don't know. I'm just saying. So without further ado, my guest today is the one and only Dr. Heather Bartos. She's a leading voice in the field of women's health and wellness. She's also the creator of the podcast, The Me Spot. She believes all women are badasses. You gotta like that. Fascinated by the way what we think about impacts how we feel, Dr. Bartos teaches women and their families how to thrive no matter what their stage of life is. She is a board-certified OBGYN, a U.S. Navy veteran, and the owner and medical director of Her Village for Women's Health, B, Women's Health and Wellness. Dr. Heather Bartos is featured in publications from Glamour and Huffington Post to Reader's Digest, Women's Health, and ABC News. She's also a frequent speaker and writer on all areas of women's health and her practice of mind shift medicine. Dr. Bartos believes that rather than empower women to take control of their health, our pharma-heavy culture teaches that there's a test, a diagnosis, and a pill or treatment to fix whatever ails you. The bottom line, we're taught to receive medicine instead of creating better health for ourselves. This episode will help you get more perspective on what's going on up there in your beautiful midlife mind and your body so you can ask better questions and know more in general. And there's a lot of really cool ideas we talk about today too, so please enjoy this episode. Hi, Heather. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Thanks, Susie. I'm so happy to be back. Oh, I love that you're back. So You joined us for the first time on episode 106, and I was absolutely thrilled to have a a real live OBGYN here with us so we could get 
to the, you know, the real down and dirty on some of these questions about what's going on down there. And I, uh, I was just really excited to have you back because there are so many questions and it is such a weird time of life. And, and we're not talking about it as much as we used to. Like back in the day when we were younger, if we wanted to talk about sex or anything going on, we would just chat with our girlfriends. And now, I don't know, these topics are a little bit more, they're heavier. Yeah, (laughs) they're more private. They're heavier. So to have you uh, here with the women in the middle is just awesome. Um, So before we dive in, what have you been doing for the last two years in the nutshell? Oh, gosh, girl, surviving the pandemic like everyone else, right? And you know, the big thing is mental health, which is a lot of what you and I both work in, right? I always say I'm a, I'm a gynecologist at heart. So it's, <laughs> it's half, half vagina and half brain health. And, you know, you know how this is. Everyone's mindset is survival mode. So trying to get people out of fight or flight and just enjoy themselves and their women's bodies is that's the battle. It's so, so true. And, you know, one of the things I've been so grateful for in, the last of, uh, you know, over this period of time is my dog, you know, sure. having my goofy dog around and my funny little parrot, comic relief, just somebody sweet who needs some attention, who's not complicated and not full of bad news. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I have my donkey, Eleanor, who I feel the same way about. <laughs> so sweet. I love seeing <laughs> Eleanor <laughs> on, on the Facebook, <laughs> on the Facebook. <laughs> All right. So one of your recent episodes made me laugh out loud. And I really wanted to just start there. You made a very bold statement. You actually said that you want us women in the middle to actually feel elderly. What the I heck do, do you mean by that? I what do you mean by know. that? It was so salacious when I said that. <laughs> you know, I I think as a group, you know, right here in our middle age, we've been led to believe that this was kind of it. And this was kind of because partially that's what our moms were led to believe and our grandmothers. And I remember my mother at at 50 in her 50s looked much older. She acted much older. And and that was kind of what we were taught. But what I want to see women do is embrace our elderliness. I got my AARP card this year. Thank you very much. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) And and what I want to do is refocus us from saying that this is the end point to looking way past. This is the middle point. Your podcast says it very clearly. It's the middle. Yeah. And so if we think this is it, that we're all going to like Kim Kardashian or God forbid, J-Lo, who must work out 100 hours a week and, (laughs) and, you know, I love her skin, but Jesus, not the norm. And look to women past us as our role models. We'll find there's a lot more of life to live. Oh, that's so beautiful. And you're right. What we were led to believe and what society leads us to believe and just culture's general opinion about aging is that, you know, youth is better. Age is, is worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thrilled the other day. I actually thought of you because Joan Collins was on Yahoo the other day at 88 posing in a bathing suit with her like 50 something year old boyfriend. <laughs> And the legs on her, I was like, Joan Collins, you are my hero. And I thought about her for our talk because that's really, there are sexy women out there at every age. We just have to find them and redirect our sights to those women. 
Yeah. And it's not just what they look like, but it's how they feel about the reality of the aging human body. Absolutely. Because age really is. It's 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 just a mindset. And so if we can kind of, you know, reevaluate what we think sexy is at any age, then you'll find someone in almost every age group, every decade that to you is has some perception of sexy to it. Absolutely. You know, one of the shows that I was very late to fall in love with uh, is Grace and Frankie. Oh, I love them. (laughs) Right. I don't know what took me so long to get on this bandwagon, probably because I didn't know how to use the remote and find Netflix on my own. (laughs) So embarrassing. And my kids will not let me off the hook with this one. But I honestly didn't. It was like, it's too much. I don't want to know how to use Netflix. I can't deal with the remote. I can't see the numbers on the remote. Just help. I just can't. I'll just live without Grace and Frankie. And then for some reason, oh, I know what happened. Whatever TV thing we have, there was an app and all of a sudden TV was more accessible and it was on a remote, my phone that I understood how to use. And I was able to watch on my phone and my iPad. And then I thought, oh, I want to look up that show because I know that it's really helping to just show what life can really be like when you're an older and wiser, a wiser, amazing woman. And oh my God, I fell in love with those two. Oh, I, my, actually my, my eight-year-old son would watch it with me. He loved the (laughs) show. And I would say, which one do you think I'm going to be when I'm 80 something? And he goes, Hmm, I think maybe more Frankie. And I said, Hmm. Am I going to be smoking pot and living in a moo <laughs> in a yurt? I don't know. But I love that he was like this to him was just, it was, we were normalizing aging. And I loved seeing that he loved it. He thought it was funny. And I thought if we just start normalizing aging at this very young age, what would the whole world be like? Right. Oh my gosh. If aging was cool, if it wasn't something that was so negative, if it was something we desired or we appreciated, because the bottom line is we start aging the second we're born. Yeah, absolutely. And we are going to make it cool. You and I are going to make it cool. I'll do my best. I mean, I don't know how cool I actually am, but I know that I can work on it. (laughs) Well, let's save the Netflix story for like the closet. We'll put that one away (laughs) by Netflix. But yeah, I mean, we can make it really, really cool. And yeah, I mean, there's still going to be this, this time period in our 20s and 30s where we're going to think we know it all and that this, and then we're going to come back to it and go, you know what? Those women ahead of me really knew what was happening. Well, the other thing that you talk about here that really, I loved it when I heard you was just putting a little bit of an onus of responsibility and pride on these older, amazing women to share on purpose, kind of like to put yeah. on their mentoring hat about yeah. how to age positively and share with the younger women. And I mean, younger, meaning, you know, the 50s crowd. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you start kind of looking at this, like Joan Collins and, and you're starting to see little flashes of it kind of here and there, but, you know, Sophia Loren is still um, very sexy and really a master of her own kind of world at her age. Angela Lansbury, she was in Mary Poppins Returns singing at 93. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, and then, and then we think about what age, what we think about at 93. And you're like, well, am I going to be in the home and just sitting there with no teeth? No, Angela Lansbury is singing in a musical, for God's sake. We can do this too. 
the queen. Look at the queen. She's 95. It and really she's still is working. And, and Betty White. Betty White is working. God bless Betty White. I mean, what is she, 100 now? I th- I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But she is. I mean, she just is. She's ebullient. She just has a glow. These women have glows about them because they're still doing what they love. And and they're doing it on their own terms. They're not trying to be, oh, I'm going to look like, I mean, even Jane Fonda from Grace and Frankie, she went back to her natural gray hair color because she was like, hey, you know what? This is who I am. And I can try yeah. to look like I'm 50 or 40, but she's like, why? So good. So how do you typically see this in your practice? How does it come up as an OBGYN? How does it come up for you? Yeah, it's it's interesting. A lot of women will just start crying. I'm at, I'm at menopause. I'm 50. And what women will come in and they'll say, well, falling apart. I'm falling apart. I got this. I got this. I got my colonoscopy. I got to do that. I mean, and, and, and I'm like, you, you got to, or you get to like, you, mm-hmm. we have to rework the, the mindset of this is not, this is a gift. Aging is a gift. And if we start kind of playing with the words, it's not that you got to, it's that you get to. And when we start working with that, they go, oh, and I'm like, really aches and pains. We can deal with it. I mean, that's not a problem, but stop looking at the negative and start focusing on what we have. You know, um, I told you at the beginning, I might lost my dad last year and I'm like, what a gift ages. I mean, it really is. And I know that's a cliche and we say it, but I'm like, I I'm excited. And partially because of these shows like Grace and Frankie, I'm actually kind of looking forward to being in my eighties and to kind of seeing what little little old lady I'm going to become. I'm going to be a spitfire. I told the kids I'm going to drive a Mini Cooper. I'm going to get a pixie cut and I'm going to diet like pink and I'm going to have a hedgehog named Kevin. That's what, that's the joke in our family. And I'm going to be the cool, the cool old lady that goes roller skating. Oh my God. I always talk about having an alpaca farm. That is so funny. <laughs> but you know what you said about it's a gift to age. Uh, that is how I started my book, 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50. Because I have outlived both of my parents by decades. My father passed when I was um, 12. I wasn't quite 13. And my mother passed when I was five. So she was only 32. So, you know, the thing is that they didn't have the opportunity to age. And uh, you're right about mindset to really appreciate that age is a gift and not everybody gets to celebrate another birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really looking forward to those things. And, and, and some women look at me like I have three heads when I tell them, I'm like, <laughs> okay, you get to go get a colonoscopy. Guess what? You'll lose five pounds before you go. Or, you know, all women does, I have to go get a mammogram. I'm old. And I was like, guess what? You'll be the youngest woman in the room. So I'm like, <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that's so true. You know, that thing about the colonoscopy was hilarious because when I turned 50, my phone rang the, you know, you wake up and it's the morning of your birthday. And I go downstairs, I'm making coffee and the phone rings. And I'm like, oh, I go running over to the phone. I I know it's my best buddy from high school. She always phones me. And I picked up the phone and it was the colonoscopy clinic (laughs) welcoming (laughs) me. Like, I guess I registered to come up and to come get my screen. I popped up and that was my first phone call. And it even rang long distance because they're in the next um, the, like the next town over. So I was really surprised, but that was, that was hilarious. That was my first phone call. And I make a joke about it, but you're right. We are so fortunate to live in a place that it's, it's just part of what happens in our society yeah. to get that important preventative test, that screening. 
Absolutely. And I mean, we think about other cultures. I mean, we talk about other cultures that aren't as fortunate as where women are are the kind of the crones, right? They're like the wise, I mean, the wise medicine women from the different um, Native American or First Nations tribes or, you know, in African cultures that they all look to the older women as, you know, what what should we do? How do we I mean even Disney movies now, Moana's grandmother was like the the village wise person and she led Moana on her path. And and we're starting to see a little bit more of that, but that's that's how women were honored in other cultures and still other cultures in the, in the past. We were something to be treasured because we had to worry about getting pregnant. We weren't going to get pregnant. We were just going to have wisdom and pass <laughs> it on. I'm waiting for my wisdom, but I know it's coming. I know it's, it's absolutely coming. Like, coming. like that colonoscopy phone call. I'm going to get it one day. <laughs> Okay, so that's one way you see it. People are starting to get angsty about what aging means to them. So it means a preventative test. But on the other hand, it means I have to have the preventative test. What about some of the body things that they're most concerned about? Yeah, you know, um, I'm seeing a lot less plastic surgery than I used to. Um, Mm. It's interesting. Um, Kind of about 10, 15 years ago, everyone was getting the mommy makeover when they turned a certain age and they were getting the the boob lift and you can't see, but I'm actually lifting my own boobs as I talk about this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a problem. I can't, I have to do this every time I talk about my own boobs and, um, and the tummy tuck. And I, I honestly, I want to say that I think some of the pandemic has made us realize we have to appreciate kind of who we are, what we have. People aren't rushing out because they can't to go get these procedures. So we're kind of like, I, I actually thought about one time about getting a mommy makeover. I said, maybe I'll do that when I turn 50. Now I'm like, screw that. Like the boob side, the boob side, like, who cares? Like who's, who's seeing it besides me? And I, I think that's kind of the general trend is, is, is we're not racing out to go get all this stuff done anymore that we're really focusing on fine aging, which is, you know, not trying to look 20, but trying to maybe look a few years younger, you know, people are yeah. coloring their hair or not, that kind of thing. And all because of the pandemic, we stopped coloring our hair because we couldn't. It's so funny. That has come up a lot in my community and about how difficult it is for some to make that decision and what they make the whole growing out process look like and how it makes them feel to see that gray hair so so close to their head, you know, just to really see it. And I have done a couple of episodes where I talked about that. And one of the things that I've kind of become obsessed with and know nothing about, but I can see there's a change is eyebrows. So not only are my eyebrows getting thinner, but also there's a trend out there in the world that people are really enhancing their eyebrows. And I don't have a clue what's going on, but I can kind of see (laughs) that it looks nice. (laughs) Like, Is it makeup? Is it a procedure? I'm afraid of procedures. There's just so many things. So have you noticed with um, shaving and, and managing body hair, is something that a lot of women spend a lot of time and money on all over their body. And when they're older, are you noticing that trend too, that we're going to go back to the way we used to look in the (laughs) seventies? Well, I always joke that full bush is coming back. Like it's coming back. It's going to have to. You think it would have to because. Right. Come on. I mean, waxing freaking hurts. I had a young woman actually today that actually I said, and I just kind of made a comment. Oh, you got it all very smooth down. Like I gave her compliments because I can't ever get it that good. And she goes, oh, I get it lasered. It hurts like shit, but I get it late. I'm going to get it lasered like eight times. So I don't have any hair. And I'm like, 
well, why? I mean, why? I mean, what I've noticed for me is that I have less, I, I don't have to shave my armpits as much, right? The hair grows less. I'm losing hair on my head some. And, you know, yes, the peach fuzz, like we talked about. A and lot of peach fuzz and the, the whiskers. Brows, the brows, you know, and, and you're right. We can fill those in. Those can, those can be made. And, um, you know, the odd nipple hair you can pluck here and there. But, but for the most part, I see women, you know, that are over 50 starting to really, there's two camps. There's the ones that are really holding on to that 30 year old aesthetic with the breasts and the shading and the tanning. And I'm like, are we tanning still? I mean, I thought we weren't tanning in our <laughs> age group because it's so bad for the skin. And then there's the group that's like, screw it. Like, like Frankie, you know, like, I'm just going to like live how I live and I'm going to be gray or hairless or whatever. And I've thought about what if I lost my hair? You know, I've been losing it at the front, like many women do that we don't talk about. Yeah. And um, as we age, no one tells us, oh, hey, you might start to go bald too, which I think is a really raw deal. And I thought, okay, would I just go bald? I don't know. Could I do that? Would I wear a wig? That's going to be hot. I mean, in Texas, it's hot. Wow. I, I, I don't know, but you're in a unique position to see a lot of women and kind of notice the trends. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, the, really it's like the majority of us are starting to kind of think it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it to do all this. Because I mean, the guys aren't doing anything any different. If we're in a relationship with men, they're not out there getting manscaped or whatever also. I mean, they're growing out beards. And so why are we trying to put on airs when our partners aren't? That is so funny about the beards. Everybody was growing beards. And it was kind of funny too that I noticed with the pandemic, I didn't have people in my house. There was nobody visiting. I wasn't entertaining. So I noticed that, you know, if nobody's coming over, uh, there were some corners of the house that got a little out of control. <laughs> like I don't need to, I don't need to deal with that pile right now because no one's here. Who cares? And it's kind of funny too. You mentioned with the armpit, I also noticed with my legs, I didn't care. And I just yeah. wasn't paying attention to to shaving. And then I noticed at one point, I forget how, but I did happen to notice what was going on under my arms. And it turns out that it probably would have been nice to shave. But then I looked <laughs> at my legs for some reason and I realized there's almost no hair there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked, except for the one really long one that I did find near my <laughs> ankle. And then I thought, I'm just going to let that one go. Let's just see how long that baby gets. <laughs> And yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it stops growing in certain parts and you start growing in other parts. And it's kind of interesting to see what that's going to be like. Fascinating. It is fascinating. <laughs> so one of the things that you mentioned in that uh, that particular podcast where you were challenging uh, women to be uh, to feel elderly was to think about gravity a little bit more. And I was wondering if you could talk about that, because when gravity, it's not just the boobs. It's so it's the skin. It's just so many things. So yeah. how does that come up in your practice? Yeah. I mean, gravity is an essential force that keeps us on this planet, unless you're in Jeff Bezos's, uh, you know, <laughs> spacecraft and you're William Shatner, it keeps us on this planet. And, but at the same time, it's, it's a force that pulls down on everything on us, starting, like you said, the day we're born. And that's what gives us, you know, the jowls that we can start to feel a little bit there. The breasts are always the big one that sags. Even like our tummies can start to have that sag down. Knees. A lot of women will complain about their knee skin starting to kind of drag down. And I always say if gravity is not our, it is our friend, but if it's not our friend in terms of the bedroom, then we have to make allowances for that. So we have to 
either get into positions where gravity does make us look better, right? Because if I lean forward over <laughs> and I look in a mirror, I'm like, holy crap, how many chins are there right there? <laughs> and and I, you know, I don't want to look like I don't want to look at my partner like that, you know, while we're being intimate. So I always am like, I'm not cognizant, but I'm just familiar with the idea that I look better from this angle or this, or I feel more comfortable. And if I'm more comfortable, then I feel more confident and sexy in, in these certain kind of positions. I mean, that's why and some women love doggy style because gravity actually pulls your tummy down below, kind of like an udder, right? For a cow. And so you have this really kind of nice waist and everyone looks good kind of doggy style. Um, you know, women on top, some everyone loves that position, but sometimes when you look down, you're going to have those three chins. So right. what can you do? You know, do you look up at the sky and ecstasy? And, and, you know, again, I don't want women thinking about all this while they're trying to be intimate, but just kind of recognizing just like what color nail polish is your best nail color versus, you know, lip color versus skincare. What's your best look? What's your best? What, where do you feel the sexiest? And that way, gravity, we can't stop it, but we can at least work with her to look better. I love that idea. Like, you know, we take such care in the angle of the camera when the phone, when we're taking a selfie, it's the same oh, yeah. thing. And the Zoom call right now, my, my laptop is raised and angled just so. And boy, do my kids make fun of me because of this. Like they're always holding their arm up, you know, the way I hold yeah. it. And I take a picture. And when so other Kardashians people taking, do, I, when other people are taking a picture, I'm like, can you please raise the camera? Raise the camera, please. Because... <laughs> So we do have that awareness. So why not bring it in uh, to the bedroom too? That's a great point. That's yeah, really bring good. Bring it to the bedroom. Really, really good. So another thing that you brought up on one of your episodes, I don't remember which one, but I thought, you know what? I have never heard anybody talking about this before on a podcast. And I would love <laughs> to follow up with you about it. When you were talking about, well, you talk a lot about what's going on with the vagina. We have so many mm -hmm. questions. And one of the ones you were talking about was odor. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because sh there's a lot of concerns. Every woman is concerned about smell. And, you know, it's a hair bearing area. We've already gone over that because we're now, you know, going more natural and native, I should say. But that hair area, you know, has sweat glands. So it can start to kind of have a, an odor to it. Not like a BO that you would have like under your arms, but almost every woman I know is worried about scent. You know, can people smell me? Do you know, oh gosh, I don't want my partner to go down there because he's going to smell or she's going to smell and it's going to be, they're going to be throwing up, you know, the crying game style. And what I usually tell them is one is I am between legs all day long. I mean, literally all day long. I think I was between, I don't know, 22 pairs of legs today. <laughs> <laughs> and I rarely, and I smell vaginas all day long, and I rarely can smell a vagina. I rarely can sit there and go, oh, dear Lord. And I tell them this, they don't believe me. It's kind of like when you go to the nail salon, you go, I know my legs are hairy, and they go, oh, it's fine. And you don't believe them, but it's really true. Like, I don't smell them. What I can smell sometimes are feet because they're right on either side of me in stereo. And um, so I usually will tell women is, you know, you don't overclean. Scrubbing like silk wood is not going to make it better. It's just going to take off the top layer of skin. So I have women that use some deodorant, all natural type deodorants, like the natives and those that kind of put it in the in the inguinal area between the leg and the and the vulva right there, which is where you sweat a lot. 
Um, mm. I also have women that put it down kind of their butt crack, the same kind of thing. That's preference. I have women that in the summertime, it gets really hot here and they take a little baby cornstarch with them and they kind of freshen up their underwear like when it's really sweaty outside. But for the most part, we have that smell there, our own personal smell there as pheromones to attract a mate. So what I tell women is get rid of your scent and your mate may not be as attracted to you, believe it or not. They are attracted to that scent. Just like we're attracted to the smell of our partners, they're attracted to our scent. So unless it's really, really foul, stop messing with it. Well, that's good to know, right? I mean, I I didn't even, when you brought it up, it never even occurred to me that that was all these suggestions that you're talking about. Like I, I didn't know, but it was just so fascinating to hear you speak about it. I thought, wow, you, you really do see a lot of this and you have an opportunity to, to, I think, put a lot of people's concerns to rest. The other thing I was thinking about, I had a really funny challenge that I hosted recently called the Midlife Panty Power Challenge. Ooh. And it was all about uh, really encouraging us to think about our pathetic panty situation and how many yes. of us are wearing underwear that's just not worthy of our amazing selves and might be falling apart and is not doing the job it was meant to do. But as you were talking about odor and scent, it really occurred to me that so many of the undergarments that we wear today, it's not breathable cotton because we want the lycra, we want the control. And that sort of thing isn't going to help any area of your body breathe. No, and it's actually can trap odors. So if you ever have smelled, you know, you're like sitting there and go, is that me? Do I smell? A lot of times it's not you, it's the underwear, because we also now do more like speed washes on our, on our high efficiency machines. And they're great because it's very ecologically friendly, but it doesn't always boil the underwear kind of like the old days. So if your underwear um, tend to smell early, then you can actually soak them in like a vinegar solution and, and boil them every now and then. And then the, you're right because the underwear, it also gets stains. You know, it's very mm. natural for our vaginal discharge, which is very acidic normally to stain our underwear. And then you've got these kind of nasty looking stains and people are like, what, what are you even doing? And you're like, I promise I'm not gross. It's just my underwear. <laughs> we had a hoot and a holler with this, uh, with this challenge though, because everybody was so relieved to know that they're not alone. But when you have panties that aren't in good shape anymore, you think about them more than you know, and it really brings you down. You tend to feel very negative emotion um, because of the way you're thinking about yourself. And, but just now I put it together that, you know, I've been told on occasion, if you have any concerns about anything, make sure that you get rid of all any harsh chemicals or this. So you go changing your soaps and you go changing your underwear and get the white cotton. And same with socks. I remember in gym class where in elementary school, where we were told you got to wear the white athletic socks in case there's any blood or, or anything, if you get hurt and always just go as pure as possible with clothing and, and soaps and things like that. And today, if people don't wear undergarments like that anymore, at least not always. We may have them sometimes, but the whole undergarment thing has become so much of a fashion statement and it's not made of that same kind of fabric. So yeah, with the scent, and it's probably not helping. Yeah. Oh, you can grab, actually get a biofilm that kind of lives on your underwear. That, that's why a lot of them will say, oh, I, it's 830 and I'm smelling already. And I'm like, it's probably not you. It's probably your underwear with that biofilm. 
it gets warm and then it activates and it smells. And you're right, because everyone's using Modal and Lycra. And so it's it's hard to find just plain cotton organic granny panties because I want something that's going to cover my tummy. So I want that high waist stuff these days. Yeah, it, I like the high waist, <laughs> high leg. And then the other thing is we made a joke. Did you have the days of the week underwear when you were a kid? Oh, sure. <laughs> I had this really funny conversation in my group and somebody said, I never got those. I always wanted those. <laughs> oh, I even got them for my kids too when they were when they were getting older because I was like, no, you got to wear the same. You got to wear them on the right day. It drove me crazy if I accidentally grabbed Thursday and it was Tuesday. It, oh, it you cannot. That's unacceptable. You no. can't do that. <laughs> and there's my type A personality that came out as an early age. So what would you say your best advice is for how to stay sexy? Well, I love to play this game and I call it the sexy spirit sister. And it's fun to play actually with a group of women. It's fun to play, you know, just every now and then if you're having a day and you just don't feel like you're like today, I feel like I'm not, I feel a little bloated today. So I'm like, I'll play this game myself right now. And what I try to do is find a sexy woman in every decade of life. Ooh. And what is it that I find sexy about her? And I'll just kind of grab some people. Well, I was taught my son asked me last night because we were playing a game and and he said, Who is a woman that you admire and why? And I said, Well, there's a lot of women I admire. Let's make this short. So I went with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm. And he's like, Okay, mama, well, why, why did you like her? I didn't tell her that I thought she was sexy because sexy to me is it's an inner confidence. It's, a, it's more of a feeling than it is just about sex. And I said, well, she's brilliant. And she was a, a, go, a pioneer, a go-getter. Like she, she did her husband's classwork, her classwork, graduated from two laws. I mean, I, I can't sometimes get my, my Instacart ordered for the day, you know? So <laughs> I said, to have that brilliant a mind, I go, I just find that sexy. So let's say she was in her 80s. And let's say I pick Queen Elizabeth, who's in her 90s. And I say, She's still got it. She's still working. She's still, I mean, her husband died this year. You don't see it. She's just pushing through because she is focused on the people that she serves. And then we can go backwards. We go to the 70s, you know, and we can go to the 60s. And and I love hearing who else women choose. And what I do is I pull out that characteristic. So brilliant, uh, a go-getter, um, you know, all these different like, funny. And, and I pull them all out and then I go, where do I fit in this? This is what I think a sexy woman is. And you start doing it and you start appreciating all these other women that you didn't even think about. And so I find all these little traits and I pull them out. It's fun to do, like I said, with a group of people. And then you have your list of what you think is sexy. Mm. And then there's your characteristics that you want to keep. And I guarantee you, not one of it is she has a small ass. She's got great boobs. She's got beautiful hair. None of it's going to be that. It's going to be something deeper and it's going to be even deeper than she's smart. It's going to be something more than that. And you're going to start to develop this avatar almost of what you want. And so if you keep your eye on that prize, you're going to age the whole way up and you're going to feel sexy the whole time. You're not going to lose it. Oh my gosh, Heather, that is, that's really interesting. I love that example. And that, that is a great tip. That is a great tip, Dr. Heather Bartha. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you so much. So is there anything you wanted to share? Tell us how we can find your podcast. The podcast is called The Me Spot because it's not about the G Spot. It's about the Me Spot. It's about us as women. And it's on Apple, Spotify, and all of the 
major podcasting apps. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Heather Bartos. And soon, Susie Rosenstein, I think I'm going to go on TikTok. I don't know. I'm, <gasps> I'm scared. I feel like it's for the young kids, but I, I'm going to try to go on TikTok. I think I'm so scared, but I'm going to do it. I'm oh, do that's, it. that's so great. Uh, I have had several conversations lately where people who have done it, who are age, have said, you know what? It's not just for young kids. So it's not. I, think I know you will have a lot of fun. And I think, uh, you know, you're you're a happy, creative person. And I think you're going <laughs> to find some really fun ways to help to help people and just to get more comfortable talking about this stuff that is squirm worthy sometimes. It is squirm worthy. That is for sure. Yeah, I look at your topics on that podcast of yours and I'm like, yep, this is squirm worthy. <laughs> I say we talk about everything from shame to squirting. And everything in between. (laughs) That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate your time. I love laughing with you. But more importantly, I love just having another opportunity to just share this message that you're not alone. We're growing together. We're and aging is is fine because the if you're not aging, you're dead. That's it. We're aging beautifully together. We are. So I'll age if you age for sure. Deal. Deal. I'm waiting for my colonoscopy phone call to come. That's great. Oh, they didn't wake <laughs> you up with it on the morning of your birthday? <laughs> no. What a lovely birthday present. The Canadian, the Canadian healthcare system is so much better. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. I mean, that is one of the funniest things that's happened to me in a decade, for sure. Thank Love you it. so much. Have an awesome time. We'll talk to you soon. All right. That's it for this episode. Heather is so great, right? She really gives you something to think about. I love thinking about older women as mentors and women in general as sexy spirit sisters. I think this episode definitely pokes you a little bit here and there, just enough to ask different questions and open yourself up to other ideas about aging and what it means to you. Remember, we are in this together. All right. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck. And this is what regret-proofing your life is all about. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I'm here to help. You got to check out the Women in the Middle Academy, my new six-month coaching program, where you can get unstuck, get clear, and finally feel free about all kinds of things, but especially about opportunities that you still have, even at your age. Don't waste another second and book your good fit call, and we'll take it from there. Head over to www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.coachwithsusie.com and click on the podcast tab for notes to this episode. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. 